Welcome to our place, everyone. Really, really great to have you here. I don't think we've ever had this many people over to our house in one go in our whole lives. It's really cool to be together. Hare mai. We've been really looking forward to spending this time together with you this morning. Hey, if you haven't yet and you'd like to, take a moment to email online at thestreet.org.nz with any of your prayer requests or any praise points. We'd love to share those at the end of our time together um, today. Yeah, as Jenny said at the beginning of the service, uh, we'd planned to be at our one conference today at Wellington College. Well, we were going to be there learning all about prayer and power. You know, we can't be there in person, but we thought we'd continue that theme today. And so we're going to take us to a beautiful prayer in the Bible. It's found in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 to 19. And it's a prayer that Paul prays over the church at Ephesus. And he prays that they would know the power of God. So before we start, I'd like to read it to you. So you might have a Bible with you or a phone. Uh, I encourage you to just uh, open it up. And let me read to you from Ephesians chapter 3, starting at verse 14. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. So amazing. What an incredible prayer to pray over each other and to pray over our own lives. Wonderful, wonderful words. If you're ever at a loss about what to pray for someone, why don't you go to the Bible and pray the prayers that are already written? Mm. It's a really great place to go. Um, I love that Paul, at the beginning of this prayer, it's like he just falls down on his knees and he goes straight to the Father. He goes to the Father because there's something that he knows. He knows that the Father has a rich storehouse of abundance from which Paul can pray the blessings into the lives of the brothers and sisters that he's praying for. And it takes me back, it reminds me actually of um, around about 11 years ago, we as a family, we were in England and we had our three children with us and we went to a little place called Watford. And some of you are familiar with Watford, it's just outside of London. We went there and we visited the Soul Survivor Church. Mike Pilavachi was the pastor there and we got talking with him at the end of the service. We had arranged to meet with him and he invited us home with our kids for lunch, which was very, very kind of him, a hospitable man. Now, you got to understand, before I tell you what it was that came into my head when Mike invited us home for lunch, I, I want to paint a wee bit of a picture for you of Mike. So Mike Pilavachi, he is this larger-than-life character. He is this Greek man. He was probably in about his mid-50s, a single man um, with a lot of hair, a lot of kind of long, curly hair. If any of you know Floyd, a bit like that, only more. And he was tall and kind of wide, quite wide, and he loves to wear big, flowing, colourful, bright, out there, crazy-looking African shirts. And so when Mike invited us home for lunch, I've got to be honest with you, I thought to myself, not only is this going to be fun, but I thought to myself, I wonder what he's going to give us. I wonder what kind of lunch 
Mike would give a family of five spur of the moment, you know, on a Sunday here. And, and in my mind, I came up with maybe, well, a ham sandwich. Yeah, a couple of pieces of bread, a slap the ham on, put a little bit of mustard and a little bit of a ham sandwich and a cup of coffee and we'll be sweet. So my expectations, I must say, were relatively low. Anyway, we trucked along there and we got to Mike's place and we all bundled out of the car and in we came. Well, it was not what we had expected or not what I had expected. The barbecue was on the, and within minutes, it seemed, the, this whole big table got spread with a feast. A feast as if he was feeding the 5,000. There was a side of salmon. There was a whole lot of lamb chops. There were chickens, the potatoes, there was salads, and there was bread rolls, and there was beef. And, and honestly, there was enough food for a feast for many, many, many people. It was as if, it was as if there was some kind of a magical pantry in Mike's kitchen, maybe a magical fridge in Mike's kitchen, which he had just got a flung open and out of which had fallen all of this food and filled up this table. And we ate and we ate and we ate. And the thing that hit me was that when we went to lunch at Mike's place, he gave us so much more than we had imagined that he would give us. And he gave us so much more than we expected. And you know what? He gave us so much more than we would have asked for. He gave, gave us so much more than what we would have made for ourselves had we been making lunch. We probably would have made a ham sandwich and a cup of coffee and been done with it. And I think when Paul falls on his knees and lifts up the brothers and sisters of Ephesus to the Father, it's like he knows that in heaven there's this huge pantry, there's this huge fridge, there are storehouses, and that the blessing of God, that the answered prayer, the blessing of God comes from the abundance mm. of God stored up in heaven. Yeah, it's like Paul, as he prays, it's like he opens up the fridge, yeah. which is in heaven, and he says, God, would you pour out yeah. the incredible riches of God onto the people that I'm praying for yeah. today? It's interesting. What does he pray for? Because when we look at it here, he asks God that God would strengthen these people with power, mm. with a dynamic, with a living power. What he doesn't pray for is, God, would you change their circumstances? Mm. And, you know, you, like us, might be thinking at the moment, man, that's the sort of prayers we should be praying. Mm. You know, God, would you make life easier? Would you like make life more palatable, more pretty? Would you rescue us from where we are? That's not actually what Paul's praying. And who doesn't want to pray a prayer like that at the moment? Mm. But Paul instead prays a prayer to make them able to withstand everything that comes their way. And here's the important thing. So that they can stand so that they can display the glory of God, that they can bring God glory through what they're going through. And he prays that they would be strengthened in their inner self, not their outer self, not their externals, but their inner self, the who we truly are, our heart self. And that our heart self, our real us, would be made powerfully strong by the Holy Spirit. Mm. Here's what happens when the Holy Spirit strengthens our hearts. First of all, what happens is this. Christ dwells mm. in our hearts mm. through faith. 
And that's incredible. In other words, Christ fully occupies our entire personality, the all that we are. Mm. And that's just the best possible outcome of prayer. The heart is a funny old place. The heart is a host. The heart is a host to many things. The heart accommodates so many things. I wonder what your heart is host to at the moment. I wonder what is filling your heart. Ask the Father through the Holy Spirit to clear your heart, to clear your heart of fear and selfishness, to clear your heart of worry and sin, of boredom and stress. Ask the Father to clear your heart of the love of money and of things, of career and of possession and position and whatever else. And ask the Father to instead of all these things, to establish Jesus Christ as the sole owner occupier of your entire heart, every every room in your heart, every nook, every cranny, that Christ would truly dwell. So as that is answered out of the incredible abundance of the storehouse of heaven, Christ dwells in our hearts as the Holy Spirit strengthens, clears out our hearts. But Paul keeps going in this prayer. And he then prays that we would have the power to grasp the great extent of Christ's love. You see, every follower of Jesus is rooted and set up in Christ's love. In John chapter 3, verse 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, so that whoever would believe in him, that is, believe in Jesus Christ, would not perish, but would have eternal life. You see, when you said yes to Jesus, when you believed the good news of Jesus Christ, your new life began just like a seed planted in the soil of God's perfect love. Yeah, outside of our kitchen window, there there are two trees we have. There's a grapefruit tree and there's a lemon tree. Now, the grapefruit tree is is old. It's well-established. It's got a thick trunk and its roots go down deep and strong. And if you take a day like today where the wind is blowing, and if you're in Wellington, you'll know exactly what I mean at the moment. And our grapefruit tree, because it's got strong roots, it's well established, and it doesn't mind this wind. Next to it is a lemon tree, and it's a small little tree. We've only had it there for probably three to four months. And i got to tell you, it's struggling today. Because its roots have not gone down deep yet. And so it's relying on the stakes that are around it. And you know, if this wind keeps going, who knows? Maybe the lemon tree will be more flat than standing. But here's the thing. Having been rooted and established, the grapefruit tree is rooted and established in love. But if all the grapefruit tree was, was a stump, it's not particularly useful. Because on top of this rooted and established trunk, there is an incredible tree with the most magnificent grapefruit. And they they come and you look at it and you eat them and oh my goodness, they taste good. Nick makes amazing grapefruit marmalade for that tree. I really do. I've got I've got a I've got frozen grapefruit in the deep freeze, which at some point will turn into marmalade in these next couple of weeks. But you know, the thing about it is this here's Paul's prayer. He's saying, You're strong. You're established in God's love, but there's more to that. You need to 
experience and know the power of God's love. And to do that, you need the Holy Spirit to help you grasp the extent of his love. And it's to know it in a way which is more than, yep, I'm solid. It's to have the life, the the fruitfulness, the abundance that there is um, for the full tree. And Mm. this is Paul's prayer, that we know the love of God. Yeah. It's a little bit like you you could read a textbook all about the night sky. You could read about the stars, the constellations, the planets, and and it could be described correctly and even beautifully to you. And you could know it and you could believe it and you could understand it. But until you go outside at night and lie on the grass or throw your head back and look up into that night sky and have that inky black darkness all above you and around you until you're there and really experiencing the night sky you really don't know it at all some of us have never really experienced knowing the love of god we know it as a textbook idea And we agree with it, and yes, we believe it, and we know, we know it's true, but we don't know it with the kind of knowing that surpasses book knowing. So here's our question. Have you personally experienced God's love? Not just in your head, not just intellectually, and not just agreeing that yes, that is true, but have you truly experienced known it. This this is Paul's prayer. He's saying, I don't just want you to understand it. I want you to know the love of God. And this is what opens up the door. It's like this is what opens up that refrigerator of the resources of heaven, the full measure of God, the full measure of his spirit, God's personal presence in your life. This is true life. You know, God's storehouse is full, and He is longing to pour and this is out what power, the strength in your like, inner being with Christ, so that He will occupy the hearts of heaven. He's longing to open our lives up to His love, the not just like reading a textbook, but truly experiencing your life. the great this and the immeasurable true love of God. You know, God's storehouse, you know, with everything which is going is on in our world today, and this is what we have a dream from you, right? 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 So right? 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 to put ourselves into a place to open our lives up to his love, understand and experience but truly when so much of what we know is rely on is now yeah, uncertain. Storehouse. You know, with everything we which is going on in our world today, and this is unchanging. We have a dream from you. We trustworthy and put ourselves in And we come to him as our strength in our lives through our spirit so that we can have and we can know true life, full life, real life, even now. Yeah. I wonder, maybe Christianity itself has been more textbook than true reality for you maybe you haven't actually asked Jesus Christ into your heart yet I wonder would you like to do that now let me explain to you the very good news of the gospel it's this God sent his son Jesus Christ into this world to deal with a problem that's even greater than disease and sickness and global viruses. 
It's the problem that you and I have of not believing in God and not following his way. This is called sin. Jesus died on the cross to pay for your sin and my sin and to provide forgiveness and cleansing and healing from our sin. If you're ready to believe in Jesus Christ and to turn away from your sin and to turn to God, then why don't you right now take this opportunity and pray this prayer with me? Mm. Let's change that forever for Mm. you. If you want to pray, why don't you pray these words along with me? Lord Jesus, I confess that I am a sinner and I turn away from my sin and I turn to you. Please forgive me and come into my heart now I want to know your love. I want to know your power. I choose to follow you and trust you with my whole life. In Jesus' name, amen.